Welcome everyone to another episode of Pro-Am Disc Golf. I'm Gavin Goodwin. And I'm Chris Lesbo. I am your amateur. And I'm your professional. And thank you for joining us. Um, so Chris, uh, we've got a giveaway here. We do. I'm going to keep the suspense going a little bit. Because, okay. Uh, so if you follow us on Instagram or if you listen to last week's episode, you'll know that we had a giveaway for a really great prize bag from Col- Colleen Thompson uh, mm-hmm. that she gave us a while ago. Then finally came up with some way to to give that out. So um, I played a trilogy challenge Mm -hmm. and uh, closest to the score without going over or no, just closest to the score. Yeah, we did prices, right? Rules. Yeah. Uh, But I'll tell you, somebody got it exactly right. So either way, somebody got it exactly right. Um, But we ended up playing 18 holes at Creekside Park and trilogy challenge. Most of you probably know this if you listen to the show, but you get three discs and that's all you get to throw. Uh, and you just, it's a real casual tournament. You just hook up with other people in the parking lot or, you know, beforehand and go play and end up playing with two guys that I never met before. Charles and Dallas, I think are their names. Okay. Uh, really good guys, really fun round. And, um, it was one of my better rounds of that course that I've ever played. Nice. Yeah. It's weird how that works. So weird. Like I, yeah. Last time I played a, a little, that little fundraiser tournament there. I shanked everything and was constantly in and out of trouble. This one, I was actually like playing pretty well. And, uh, for the first time that I've ever played uh, a tournament, actually, this may be the first time I've ever played with other people, but I was not the, the lowest or the highest score on my card. I did not lose my card. Nice. I got second on my card, but, uh, yeah. So second of three. Hey, um, but that's not yeah, third. But it was it was a it was a really good day for me. A really fun fun tournament. Um, the uh, the discs are the musket, the patrol, and the maiden. Yep. So the musket is the driver. Mm-hmm. Um, hasn't made it in my bag yet. I feel like it's similar enough to other things that I've got. Um, but I like it. Nothing against it. I just am already throwing other stuff that mm-hmm. this does enough similar stuff to. Uh, may work in at some point. Um, but you know, good quality discs and, uh, I like it very much. It's still in my bag. Is it? Mm-hmm. Well, good. What do you, where do you, um, see for me, it, for me, it's so similar to like my, uh, getaway. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Cause I use it as a compliment to the getaway. Okay. Um, at, I use getaway for kind of like that three fifty to four fifty pushing hyzer. And then I use the musket for 350 to 450 turnovers. It just drifts right. It never comes back. Fair enough. Yeah. It goes really far for me. See, and at my arm speed, they're flying. The, uh, the I mean, the flight patterns are different. Mm-hmm. I think my I can get my getaway to go more stable. This one's a little yeah. more understable, the, the musket, than my, than my getaway. But not noticeable enough that I would need to carry it, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Um, cause they're, they're going about the same distance for me. And mm-hmm. so I think the musket's one of those that when, once you get to a certain speed, the understability comes out and up sure. until that point, it just doesn't. Yeah. So that, then that's probably where I am. Yeah. Great okay. disc. I like it. It's kind of like a fairway version of the Blista pro for me. Okay. It does the same thing. Just doesn't go quite as far, but still goes way farther than a lot of others. And for me, it's then if I'm going to compare it to a Blista pro, it's, I can actually throw it versus yeah. a ballista pro. Yeah, a little bit slower, a little bit nicer. <laughs> I, can, I can get a ballista pro about 170 feet and then it just dies left. It just goes down. Yeah. So, uh, but I haven't thrown one for a while. So, but I'm also in no hurry to do it again. But next time we're out, I'll, I'll grab one of your ballista pros and, and throw it. Deal. Um, 
but it was really good. That so patrol uh, the or the that's the musket. That's the latitude sixty four, right? Yep. Okay, and then the patrol is the dynamic. Yep. That's the mid range, and it's an understable mid. And um, that day, it was my least favorite disc in the three, and it still hasn't made it in my bag. But I, I know I actually I just did start. I put it in my bag today to go throw around with it, but then we had thunderstorms, so I didn't end up playing. Yeah, it was gross out today. I, well, it was really it was beautiful, nice. Yeah, but, but like not good golf, not golf weather. weather. Yeah. Um, well, I thought like eh, by the time I get out there, it maybe has passed, and then when I got out to, to where the course was, it was raining heavier than anywhere else in the valley that I could find, so yeah, I did there something else. Golf ball hail. Oh, I didn't see Up that. Up in Bountiful Farmington, yeah. Oh, that would make sense then, because like I was in cars, like, Rose Park. Mm-hmm. Like, wow. It got, it got, Glad I missed out on that. It got heated. Yeah. For all of 12 minutes. Yeah. Utah storm. Yeah. Anyway, seriously. Sorry. We get kind of, it's desert. So we get monsoons kind of that come through and just dump. <coughs> Pardon mm-hmm. my cough. Um, so, but I, I, I think that's going to be a good utility disc for me, especially cause I don't have a great flick. Mm-hmm. So something that's very understable is going to be good. I remember when I demoed that, when we first got it out, when you first got them and I swear that if I, if it didn't hit the ground, it would have like circled around and hit me in the back of the head. Yeah, it was right. that understable. Um, and then the maiden is the putter, and that is actually in my bag now. Those are that's nice. what I'm putting with. Awesome. Trying to get used to it a little bit more. Um, was it Marshall before? It's the Marshall. Okay. Yeah. Marshall um, to maiden. Okay. And the way that I'm experiencing them is my Marshall. I would push. I well, I, I'm starting to spin putt, so I would spin it in. Um, and I would have to account for a little bit of understability with, mm-hmm. with the Marshall overstability, overstability. Sorry. Yeah. With the Marshall finishes left for it. Yeah. It finishes left for me. Okay. Um, with the maiden, I'm my aims off because I'm treating it like my Marshall, but it really is a super stable putter. And so it goes where I throw it. Yeah. And so I, I like that. It's just getting used to a new putter is, uh, it's cost me a few strokes, but, um, so uh, I shot probably maybe my best round at 18 holes at Creekside. And uh, for me, so I shot a 65, 11 over for Bingo. 18. And one of those was a missed Mando and that ended up double, double bogeying me. Oh, double no. Bogo, double bogeying oh, no. me. And that was the, the tight double Mando, like Back 14. 11. 14. 14 had a double Mando? Well, it it's marked as, four, I don't know, all the numbers are way off. Oh, 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 13. 13. Yeah, everything yeah. was in the, the easier pin the, placements. The 10-foot double mando. Yeah, the 10-foot double yeah. mando. No, no, not the super tiny one that's like through the trees. The one that doesn't even, isn't even necessary because there's no real. Oh, When you're coming back towards, yeah, 15. The little tunnel. 15, okay, yeah, the little tunnel. Got you. And uh, what happened to me is I kept throwing my patrol as if it was a truth. And just missed right. Yeah, it just, it did not work out. So <sighs> That'll happen. Um, but you know, good. That was my only OB. That was my only mismando. That was my only like penalty stroke in the whole. Yeah. 18. So that's solid. Yeah. I was happy with that. Plus 11 with a five. Yeah. That's that's good golf. Yeah. For me, I was, I was stoked on it. That's plus nine on 17 holes. That's good. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I was happy with it. And I, so and a few days later I went out to roots, which is another one of my local courses. And, uh, was starting out like playing really well. I was playing scratch golf and then, uh, 
I noticed, so I stepped up to hole two and I didn't see the basket where it usually is. There's two different placements. One, and for both, both of them, it's a dog leg, pretty severe dog leg, right mm-hmm. off the tee. Um, both blind, both blind. Yes. Uh, so I laid out for where I thought the basket was and got out and saw, uh, what I that it did, wasn't. There. Is that a new pin placement? Like a new sleeve put in the ground? Yes. Okay. Yes. So it went in like a week ago, two weeks yeah. ago. So I counted that one as a part four. Cause I was like, well, I played this as a, if from with, where how, I with how it, you played it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, cause it, it's about, I don't know, 200 probably, feet longer than I thought it was. Yeah. It's probably like 375 from the T now. Yeah. Whereas Instead it's of usually like 190 or 200. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I mean, even in the closer position where it's stuck back yeah, in under 200. Yeah. So, uh, and, and then, um, I think 12, 13, 14, 12, 13. Thir- I, think I, it's I 13. don't think 13. The one that's, one. Well, whichever one is right along the fence with the double T pad. Yes. Was it on the right? It was way off to the right. I didn't yeah, even okay. know that was a, also new a pin placement. Yeah. They poured about five or six new ones. Yeah. There was a, there's a handful of them and they, make for some interesting golf, but, uh, I had no, I, I threw out there and I thought like, Oh, I did a pretty good, you know, shot getting up here and then realized, Oh, I'm throwing at the wrong basket. Cause I was, cause, uh, I think, I don't know what it was. Something else was moved. So huh. it's I cool. I th- think they're putting in signs. So that's, did we raise money for signs for that course? Yes. T signs are going in. The graphics are done. They are somewhere between being designed and being printed and installed. Okay. But it's happening, and they no. will have all the new pad, uh, pin locations on the sign. Okay. Well, and I love that course. The people who take care of that course do a great job with it. But uh, <laughs> where am I going? Yeah, that's always funny when it's like, oh. And I, that's just part of disc golf uh-huh. uh, is when you go play courses, they're not, you know, you have to go figure out where the pin is, and sometimes you're throwing at what you think is the basket, and it's yep. not. So, yeah. But part of the fun, I, um, I didn't even finish that round cause I had other stuff come up, but, uh, actually played two separate days there. The, but I was one under through eight Woo-hoo. and then I had to leave. So that was, but that was the best I've ever played there. That's so what, uh, what birdie did you get for four, right. which is super like, that's a, that's an ace race or ace chase. I haven't aced it, but that's a. It's probably the most ace toll. What is it, like a 240? Yeah, 240 straight. Straight, straight, wide open. Yeah. <clears throat> Still, under par three. Yeah. Under par in the round if you left. Yeah. So You've now shot under par. Uh, well, I, I didn't even finish the front nine. I had to leave it eight, but... Details. Details, I know. But uh, hey, that was, that was, for me, like... That's solid. Really solid golf. Yeah. So, yeah. Nicely done. <coughs> Thank you. Um, and... That wasn't, I wasn't like doing mulligans either. I was, that was just playing golf. So solid. Yeah. So I was happy with that. Maiden's working. Um, but so par, <laughs> we're talking about par. That is reminding me that we got a message from a new listener. Um, this is from Ray Brown via Facebook. It says, and I'm going to skim a lot of this. It's Ray wrote a very nice, but very long message to us. So. Uh, hello, slowly working through all of your podcasts, tried listening to a few others, but related to yours better. Found it on Spotify searching for disc golf, Yay. Uh, which I like very much. Not to disparage other podcasts, but I think this is why you related to our show. 
says, I'm a new player, started playing a month and a half ago. Mm-hmm. So that's something that I think is unique to us is I'm not good at this game. Yeah. But I still like to talk <laughs> about it. Uh, however, in that time, I played 67 rounds. That's a lot of rounds. So uh, um, it says, I feel I can relate to Gavin. I have a max distance of around 270 to 320 on a flex shot and nice. seem to have similar experiences with similar discs. Really been focusing on accuracy and consistency, then distance. Uh, that's probably a good thing to focus on. Yes. Uh, we have three courses, one tight wooded public 18, a wide open pay to play on a ball golf course and another public course, which is a blend of both. I don't know where he lives, but, um, that's, you good. know, pretty good scene. Yeah. Good selection. You've got three courses near you. Um, so he's, you know, averaging playing good, but, uh, here we go. So I recently listened to an episode where you discussed bringing field work to the course. Uh, I personally try to, f- Wait, this is not what I want to talk about. Okay. Anyway, about my question topic. <laughs> Told you it was a long email. Uh, so here's his, t- his, his question. For real. Uh, the par argument. We recently had the ball golf course install a nine-hole disc course on their par three course. The debate started when someone put the course on U-Disc and listed pars using the PDGA less than 850 guidelines. Ooh. Okay. So uh, this is something I'm not even aware of. So are you – there's different guidelines for different – yeah, um, I mean, I don't, I'm not super familiar, but I would guess there's just like a suggestion of over 500 par four, over eight or 850 par five, something like that. That would be my guess too. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, the course has five holes that qualify according to PDGA as par four, including elevation, distance, and trees, and three that are between 260 and 400, one and one approximately 260 feet. So I think that's what he's saying here. I'm not sure. Okay. Okay. So the debate is should the holes all be par three because the ball golf course is par three or are the less than 850 guidelines appropriate for pay-to-pay public course? Um, So then he gives his opinion that for new players, so he's just saying the same thing, like if you're you're new or what. Uh, My thought on that is, and when he does say that, it might discourage new players, you know, if, if it's a par three and it's crazy long. I tend to agree with that. And I think... So this is this was my thought with Goat Hill when I played Goat Hill. Um, disc golf and golf are different sports. Our rules are pretty interchangeable, uh, but they're very different sports and with very different physics and very different uh, ways to play the game. Um, you your di- your disc lands in some tall grass, no problem. Mm-hmm. Like you're throwing from chest high anyway. No big deal. Your ball lands on tall grass. Good luck. That's a much tougher shot. Good luck. Much tougher shot. So your disc lands on rocks. As long as it's in bounds, you're fine. So, um, and <laughs> you're not, balls are going, what, three times as far as discs at the, mm-hmm. at the, at the, you know, pretty much just same, similar levels. Yeah. At least, at least 150%. Yeah. Maybe 200 or more. Yeah. So it's a, they're very different things. And so a par three golf uh, hole is it may or may not be an appropriate par three for disc golf. I mm-hmm. mean, if it's a short par three, that's a challenging ball golf course. That's, you know, 175 feet, but through the trees and, you know, there's, there's bunkers near the hole or something. Uh, okay. That's probably a fair par three because distance wise for disc golf as well. But if it's a par three, that's 400 feet long, uh, that might not be a good par three for disc golf. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's more fun to not just play the same hole. 
like the same layout because they are such different games. Mm-hmm. Again, we can play over the rough. We can play through the rocks. We can play through the tall grass. We like the trees. Yes. Like at times. Yeah. Well, <sighs> some of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that so that's my thing on it is don't don't get hung up on what the what the course is for. <laughs> you take a little league baseball team and yeah. you have the okay, so take the little league world series, put them in uh Fenway Park on a 90 foot baseline. Yeah, with uh how far is the the green monster? I don't know. Like 420 or yeah. something. That's that's not the scale that you're going to be playing with here. Yeah. Uh, and so, okay, so that's baseball to baseball, but with kids. But take the highest level, um, you know, softball. Take take the University of Utah softball field and the University of Utah's baseball field. They're both here on campus, but baseball field is 90-foot baselines, and a softball field is a smaller dimension mm-hmm. field because the physics are different. You're playing with a different ball. You're playing with different bats. You're playing a different game that looks very similar. And so don't be, don't get so caught up on the fact that it's disc golf, that it needs to be the same. That's, that's my take on it. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a good argument. And also, why do you care about whether you're shooting par? I get like wanting to shoot par, but if you are good enough that you're shooting consistently under par, why are you complaining about getting a couple extra strokes? Yeah. And in, in your par, if you're comparing it to par. Well, that's a good question. Um, I don't think, if you play a disc golf course, the same layout as a golf course, I don't think the par is the same. Um, I mean, you can have, it's close. Like if you, gosh, the whole par conversation. Okay. Back up half step. Par should be the average score of the best players, right? That's kind of the definition of par. So if you take the best 10 golfers and they play a round, they should average 72 or whatever most park is on a golf course. Disc golf is a little bit harder. Because so much varies from hole to hole. We don't have always an open fairway. So you can get a kick and these best players take bigger numbers. So par in disc golf is a little colluded to me. It's not a super clear thing. Um, And if you look at a ball golf course, you know, par threes go from 100 yards to 200 yards, 300 to 600 feet. You put the biggest throwers out there, they can two and three those holes consistently if it's open. Par fours and fives, you know, 400, 500 yards, that's 1,200, 1,500 feet. They'll probably take fours and fives. You know, maybe maybe some birdies, but I I hesitate to use golf par for disc golf. Well, it's it's just not at all the same. Like, yeah. it's, it's I, just... I think it scores pretty close. Like, if you were to put, you know, Simon against uh, McElroy on a golf course and put a basket by the green, their rounds would be pretty close because... Disc golf takes longer to get there, but it's easier to hole out. Ball golf, you get there faster, but it's harder to hole out. So I think the scores would be close, and I think there's a video. I think they would be within... A handful. I think they would be within a few strokes of each other, but... So a par 5 golf golf hole is what? Four or 500 500 yards. 500 yards. So 1,500 feet. And Rory McIlroy can... Drive 300 yards. Yeah, so, you know, he, he can potentially eagle that. Mm-hmm. Uh, to eagle to eagle that far in disc golf, you've got to be on a mountaintop. Happen. Not going to happen, but, I mean, 500-plus yard 
hole. That's a 300 yard drive, 200 yard shot. And then you're putting, you know, say 20 feet, a 20 foot putt in disc golf is different than a 20 foot putt in golf. Yeah. And so it would take Simon three to get there. Yeah. Absolutely. But then he's got a good chance to make the first putt and take yeah. that same four. So yeah. no, you're right. So they're both probably sort playing of, a stroke. It sort of works. Yeah. But that's the absolute top level, both sides though. And that's yeah. what the trick with par is, is that's who it's catered to is it should be based on the top players. So I think no matter what the par is, especially when you get on longer courses, like a thousand foot par five in disc golf, as a new player, you're not going to take a five. No. You'll be taking eights, nines. Yeah. Like these super disheartening numbers. So is par relevant to new players? No. Like when you learn how to golf and you step up to 120 yard par three, you're not thinking two. You're not thinking three. Yeah. You're thinking I'm going to try and hit this ball the right way. Yeah. You're going to be taking six to seven. I'm going to hit it in the general direction of the flag. Like I'm a decent golfer. I mean, I'm probably like (laughs) 12 to 15 handicap somewhere in there. And yeah, that's not bad. I take fives on par threes all the time. Yeah. Right. So I don't, I don't know The the crossover is really tricky. Well, they're just, they're, they're different games that share a similar rule set. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And they're, they're really different games. Like they they really, really are. Mm -hmm. Um, they just happen to be played. Well, disc golf is arose from, you know, let's use golf rules with this Frisbee and let's just try to throw yeah. it at this target and see if we can get it in. True story. And it's fun. And that's, that's, you know, things, things evolved from other things, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but yeah, they're, they're so vastly different that it's like, I, uh, yeah, and I think until disc golf evolves, hopefully, I mean, I hope it grows into a place where we have designated disc golf courses with clear shots to clear landing zones, and it plays more like a set par. And to get these strokes back, you have to get creative. You have to pull off some really difficult shots. Well, there are a handful of courses like that. Yeah, but I mean, for example, of disc golf par um, in Vegas, that they, we play on a ball golf course, wide open, tons of distance, and they said anything under 550 is a par three. That's that's just they drew a line. They're like, hey, all these wide open holes, five fifty and under is going to be par three. Yeah. So you have five hundred and forty five foot par threes that only five people can get a two on because that's really far. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's not a an easy golf shot to land in twenty feet. No. And then you have wooded courses. Think I'm thinking Texas right now, where you know seven hundred feet is a par five. Six hundred oh, yeah, feet is a par you're five. Because through the trees. Because there's not a way to get more distance than two hundred feet at a time. Yeah. So the distance rule, I think, only applies if it's open. Yeah. And it's totally a guideline. Well, and in this one, it is because it is theoretically because it's on a mm-hmm. ball golf course. But, um, yeah, I and I, I, I realize the irony of me saying this and just like saying that I was under, you know, I was one under through eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, so part. I like par. I think it's a good thing that it's there. It's a fun way to gauge your score without having to keep like, oh, I'm got 20 strokes, you know, after mm-hmm. the X number of holes. That doesn't, that's not as satisfying as above or below a par. Like mm-hmm. that's just an easier way to kind of keep a score. And it, uh, my mic just tipped over. Uh, it simplifies that, especially for someone like me who I just don't keep track of numbers that big in my head very well. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just a really quick way to say like, okay, this is how I'm doing against the average. Yeah. Um, but there's, if it's really an average thing, there's, there's holes here that should be part twos, you know, that, mm-hmm. that on a lot of the courses that we play, because most of the, the top players are not 
getting three on that. If they yep. par on it, they're disappointed. Yeah. And I think the same thing's true in golf, you know, but I guess you have to set a limit somewhere with a par three, but um, it, don't worry about it. Like your strokes are your strokes, you know? And so if it's a pay to play course and you're trying to get people interested in the sport and, and give them something to be encouraged about err on the side of more of a, of a higher par that that's where I am. Like if you're trying to get people excited about it, mm-hmm. it doesn't make the hole any less fun. It shouldn't make the hole any less fun. If you can Eagle a par four. Yeah. That, like it feels good. That's rad. Now Philo's Eagle and uh, albatross Al- or his albatross. Yeah. That's phenomenal. That's amazing. Um, that's different than somebody getting an albatross on a course that's, you know, designed to make people feel good about their uh-huh. scores. Yeah. <laughs> but when you have a 380 foot open par five. Yes. Yeah. Too soft. Yeah. That's, that's too soft. But, um, if people are shooting 16 over after four holes, mm-hmm. it's, they're probably not as excited. Yeah. It doesn't feel it. good. Yeah. But, back to the point of what par is is it's a goal for professionals it's a goal for the best yeah right it's it's the average number of strokes it should take the best players and i think so many disc golf courses are piggybacked into other parks that a lot of holes would be par two but in the parallelism from drawing that we draw from golf par twos don't exist no and i mean it's kind of lame to put on a scorecard that it's par two even if yeah, it's, no, that's know, lame. Even if it's 200 feet, like, yeah, you better not take more than a two on that. Yeah. But part two just feels weird. Yeah, it does. Right? And, and give people a chance to get a bogey or uh, get, a, get a birdie. Yeah. And I mean, if you're not thrown in from 200 feet regularly, most of us, part two doesn't feel good. So yeah. I think back to the maturation of disc golf that courses need to grow more difficult. They need to be more shot specific, whether that's longer or more trees or whatever. That's another level of conversation, but par three should be a hole where it feels good to get a three. It feels really good to get a two. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't see par twos ever being a thing. There's a couple par sixes when yeah. you get up into 1400 footers with trees and OB and all sorts and of stuff. And they should be. Yeah. And I think, I think we tend towards par three to six and make stuff harder and try to avoid all these little par twos that. No, I don't think anybody's arguing for a part. Two. I hope nobody's arguing for part twos. Cause but but whole design, not yeah. not just the par of it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, try to try to drift away from these two hundred foot open shots, unless it's a juniors course or a beginner course or yeah. something specific. My voice is going out. Ugh. Um, but we tend towards holes that make you earn par. <coughs> is I guess what I'm trying to say. Yeah, but I because you what, earning par is different than me earning par. Yeah. Well, like, and that's and that's the same with ball golf or golf. Yeah. Traditional golf is par is disheartening to new players. Yeah. I've never shot a round of par golf in my life. I've been even through seven holes, best round of my life. Right. Like I'm par is a, an aspiration in golf. Yeah. Right. So and I guess that's the thing. Disc golf, it, people want to get par. So yeah, and it's and maybe that maybe yeah. You, so I see your point of like having more difficult courses where par three is real true par three mm-hmm. instead of you know because. It should be stretching you to get a par three if that's really the definition of par. Yeah, and it's the average score professionals take, I think. I'll look it up right now. Okay. Um, but I guess the other thing too, and I don't. my guess is this isn't the case on a, on a pay-to-play ball golf course, but 
our local courses here, I'm thinking Roots and Creekside, and uh, the pins move around so much that, and I, I'm not being critical of that because the people that take care of that, I appreciate and 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 I'm so grateful for them doing that. But the the pin placement will absolutely change how challenging a hole is. Mm-hmm. I mean, it can go from one of the easier holes on the course to one of the more challenging holes on the course just by moving a pin placement, especially with like the new pins they put in at roots, mm-hmm. the new sleeves. Um, and so I'm, what is the, just for me, what is the reason to change the pin placements? Is it just to change up variety, the, just variety Okay, getting, you know, two or three course feels in one place, just okay. being able to have different shots. Okay. Um, now, what about the argument that that's counterproductive to actually establishing a par and trying to? Because um, if people say like, "Oh, I shot you know six hundred well, roots and it's everything's in the close pins," yeah, I mean that's kind of a at least locally. I don't know how many courses have four or five pin spots, but course record is kind of meaningless. That's totally arbitrary. When we have there. five pin locations, yeah, like oh, you shot you know seventeen down. Congratulations, everything was two hundred fifty feet. My 12 down yesterday when everything was in super hard is way more impressive, but you beat me by five. Yeah. So in that sense, pin positions kind of take away. But I think most of the time par stays the same because I feel like most courses that have a bunch of pin locations other than like extensions for tournament layouts where the par changes drastically. (laughs) But I feel like most shared pins share par. Yeah. Yeah. Which, Which is fine. And again, it does change up the variety. It makes it it makes it fun. Uh, sometimes it's tricky when you don't know where the basket is and you think you know where the basket is, which we talked about. But signs will happen. No, and I'm I yeah. know they will. I, I, I'm, I'm not worried about that. But um, and again, it's not. There's not country clubs taking care of these and, and maintaining these. And, yeah. ma- and you know, this is all volunteer effort for the most part. And mm-hmm. In fact, the courses I'm talking about are all volunteer effort. Um, oh, thanks. Got that feedback kicked. Uh, so again, super grateful for everyone there, but I was wondering if there was like an ecology reason or to try to preserve the course, which doesn't no. seem to make sense with disc golf. Just variety. Yeah. I mean, moving the, the hole in a green makes a lot of sense because mm-hmm. you're going to wear out your green. Yeah. But the way that we play again, totally different game. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem to matter as much. So, well, and okay. So I have the definition up. Back okay. To back to par. The number of strokes a first class player should normally require for a particular hole. Okay, I am not a first-class player. Nor am I. I mean, first-class to me is Ricky, yeah, see, Ricky Simon, Eagle, To Paul. me, I would think, oh, yeah, you're first-class because you're, you're a sponsored pro, but, yeah, there's I'm a chasm between you and those or, guys. Second or third class. Yeah, but there's a, there's a chasm between and you big. and those guys. It's yeah, big. Yeah, so absolutely. We need to start catering par away from average pros. I'm going to say, you know, sub-thousand pros. Or just the best dudes locally. Yeah, right? And start catering it to the best. Like, if you put... You know, Simon, Eagle, Rick, and Paul are the four I'll pick because I think they're the four best right now. Um, if you put them on a 400-foot open hole, that's almost a par two for them. Yeah. Okay, and that's like a par three slash four for most people. They're like, oh, you know, it's far. Maybe it's par four. Like, yeah, yeah, but it's wide open. No, it's, it's 400 it's feet. That's par like two and a half. Yeah, I mean, like they that's, can... that's a hole they look at and they think too. Yeah, no, they're going to park it at the pin. Yeah, and so I think, I think the biggest difficulty. So they, they could ace that. Like that's in their ace range. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think the biggest difficulty with this golf par is that we try to model after golf, you know, one placement shot to the fairway, one placement shot to the green and two putts. And that's a par four. But in disc golf, once you're on the green, putting is so much easier than it is in golf 
yeah they, they make most of their putts like we have people run you know 100 percent 10 meter circle putts on an event yeah and that doesn't happen in pga no nobody right if you make you know five putts outside 20 feet in a round of golf oh you're shooting lights you're ecstatic yeah. yeah you're playing lights out so i think i think that's probably the issue we have with par a lot of it is putting yeah, see, I didn't know that the par that was how par was defined. I thought it was just like the average score that we, you know what you should get. But yeah, that makes sense that it's what a first class player should be getting. Yeah, so I think there's kind of a background discussion going on right now between touring players about if baskets need to be harder or smaller or something just to make it difficult. Because I mean, not myself, but a lot of people are too good at putting. Like you get inside sixty feet or twenty meters, and you just make them all. Yeah. That's not that's not exciting, right? No, that, that I I kind of get that because it's like, well, why do I even need to do this at this point? Like, yeah, and I'm here I should just be able to tap out from twenty feet out. Yeah, right. And to me, that's why scores like fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen down are happening. Yeah, is I mean, if you watch Paul's eighteen down or Eagles sixteen downs, they make a lot of big putts. And you watch golf, nobody. I mean, fifty nine is like a record club, right? If you shoot thirteen down in golf, yeah, or twelve or whatever, fifty nines are like. Uh, God, I lost the word. Elusive. Yeah. Right. But we have 17s and 18s, and I think it's just putting. And is par soft? Maybe. Are baskets too easy? Maybe. It's just it's a different game, and par means something else. Yeah. Par is like a good score for somebody who's an advanced amateur. Yeah, no, really. Right? That's like locally, that's what I noticed. Yeah, like, and I, any any course on tour I can think of, hot rounds are usually between – seven eight down and 14 15 down oh i i mean i play novice to intermediate and when i'm playing a tournament if they don't have novice i play intermediate um and there's guys in my division that i don't think are sandbagging it that are shooting even that are are, are close to yeah or even under so our definition of par is what a one-year player shoots on a good day yeah and in golf it's I mean, pars respected in golf. If you're shooting even on tour, it's like yeah. If you're a scratch golfer, that's I mean, something yeah, impressive. Not a great day, but you know you're doing all right. And if you shoot par, top level disc golf, oh, you're you're, not, you're out of the money. Yeah, no, like you're really upset about it. No, you've got to have a trust fund if you're going to stay on tour, <laughs> and a good, a sizable one. Yeah, yeah. So I, I just think our par and our game is so different that we. Sh- we have people shooting really hot scores all the time because courses are designed not with par in mind how it's suggested to be. Yeah. That's cause yeah, I didn't realize that was the definition of par, but that absolutely makes sense. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, there was a time when I was playing more golf and I remember par being like, Oh no. Yeah. If you're a scratch golfer, like that's really impressive. If you're an amateur and mm-hmm. you're playing scratch golf, that's really impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, like, you're probably ready to move up to like semi-pro if you're a scratch golfer, if yeah. you have the time or want to spend the time on it. Um, and then I got into disc golf and <laughs> if I wasn't getting par, I was disappointing. Like I was holding people back on my card. Yeah. And it's, yeah, that's probably something that we just need to take a mental shift at and realize like, yeah, I mean, Paul's 18 under is, is phenomenal, but in another couple of years, there's going to be 20 unders and, <laughs> It, it might happen. Yeah. I mean, if you've got par, par four on the course, people are going to keep throwing farther. Yeah. And they're going to keep making more putts. And, but I don't, I don't know what the solution to that is. I mean, I guess I think it's course design. 
design and targets. Yeah. If putting were to be harder, like if you, I mean, if, if the best five putters in the world could miss from <clears throat> six, seven meters, the game would be entirely different. Oh yeah. So do you think it'd be like a marksman style target? Maybe. Thick, I mean, it has to catch more consistently than those practice ones do. But yeah, I think something that makes it so those little misses that are forgiven by the size of our targets are no longer forgiven and it's a miss. So would you, I mean, you're not, you're not in that top tier. No. But would you advocate if it was like narrowing your, your target window, would you advocate for shrinking it horizontally or, or vertically? So like a marksman versus just like moving the basket and the both top. Okay. I think either way, I think whatever catches more consistently. Okay. Um, I played an event actually a couple years ago where we had, two courses on a golf course and one course had um, full size baskets and one side, one course had marksman's and we played them both. And then the next day we played them both again, but the baskets switched We're switched, and scores weren't that different. Huh? The, the best players stayed at the top shooting, you know, one or two strokes off what they did on the full baskets. And then the worst putters, you know, dropped five, six strokes when you played on the marksman's. So I think it helps and it makes the, For those of you new to the marksman's are like, smaller baskets it's I mean, like do, half, do a google search but yeah it's, it's like or, half or the less. size laterally yeah it's just a much smaller yeah basket and and ring at the top yeah good call um but it it separated the better players even more which i think is the goal of a target like if i i mean if you put me on a green with dustin johnson he's gonna put circles around me yeah right but if you put me on a green with you know simon on a good day i'll be just as good and that's not the goal for me. It should be a target that challenges and shows that the best are the best, right? We have people who are not even touring like 950 to 1,000 rated who make every putt inside 10 meters. Yeah. Right? I think I think target difficulty would help with the par situation. But I guess it's – yeah. And I, and I see that. I think course design is probably more important than modifying the baskets though. So then, so then it's your whole game comes into play. Cause if it's, if it's the same courses, but a a much, a significantly more difficult basket, Mm -hmm. then you're going to see the top putters. Yeah. Just moving up. Well, and that's, that happens in shorter wooded courses. Yeah. You can make up strokes with putting and without throwing. Yeah. And, and again, we talked about this before, but I think over the course yeah, of a tournament, year. I think that, or sorry, a tour, mm-hmm. I, hopefully that should weed Balances itself out. out. Um, yeah. Sports so then, young. I, it'll be interesting to see like in 20 years, what is going exactly. on because yeah. it's such a young sport. I just, I have a hard time picturing good enough course design with an honest par where under par is a good day. So if you have like, you know, a 300 foot shot, hard dog, like 300 more feet. Is that a par three or par four? Hundred foot shot. Th- sorry, three hundred feet straight, ninety degree turn, three hundred feet straight. Oh, for me, I would want that to be a five. Okay, and see, so on paper that should be a par three, because it's, because it's one easy shot, one easy shot, one putt. Best players take three strokes on average. It's a par three. Yeah, and that's but a, I'm but I'm 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 in like the the Z tier. Of. <laughs> but I think I think that kind of proves the point of we don't want par to be the average of the best. No, that makes sense. We want par to be broken. Disc golf is very much red numbers, way under par. I mean, if even if you go back to the 90s, people winning worlds were like 67 under par through five rounds, right? It's not about 
par in disc golf is not a good score. Yeah, so you should just worry about strokes, not par. Yeah. And I think I think that's too big of a hurdle to step over quickly. Well, sure. And because, again, par is so convenient, and it's something that people just like. Yeah, oh, I love having it. Yeah. like, And there's not a – I don't think there should be par ones or par twos. Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, if it's a 25-foot hole, it should be a par one. I, I guess, but where is a 25-foot hole that's – It should never be a thing. Yeah. Is it a thing that you've ever seen? Like on a no. Okay. There's I mean, a that's a putting green. I feel like there's a downhill hole at Blue Ribbon Pines that's like 180 feet, and the best players jump putt it. I think that's the shortest hole I've seen because they actually putt off the tee, which is kind of cool. Because it's all just down. Yeah. So you just push it down the hill and it gets down there. Huh. Yeah. There's one at Spearfish that I played that's there. 18 is like that or yeah. 20 or whatever it is. I, but I, I still don't see a par two ever happening. Like no. that's it's just it's weird no it's weird it doesn't sound right it doesn't feel right and so that's fine i i and i i'm not advocating for it i don't think it should be a thing yeah but then you have okay totally tangent here events like prodigy part two they run these little it's sort of like their trilogy challenge and the holes are designed that none of them are longer than 200 feet and they're all part two okay well that's a gimmicky thing and that's fine but it, they're not necessarily bad holes. If you have a 200-foot shot with some OB or some trees or something, and you get it close and you get a 2, it feels good. Oh, no, and it should. But it should feel good if you get a 2 on, on that and if it's called a par 3. But if it's 200 feet, it shouldn't be a par 3. It should be a par 2. And that's the tricky bit. Well, I understand, but I think there just needs to be a cutoff. like Of no par 2s. Yeah. Just par, par 2 sounds weird. Because you can't birdie it, realistically. Yeah. I mean, you can ace it, and that's a birdie. Yeah. And I think that's the sticking point is people like disc golf being under par too much. You look at a hole and if you can't birdie it, you're upset. Yeah. So you like want if to it's, you know, if it's a 600 foot par three, 650 foot par three, like however, a little bit farther than those big guys throw and it's wide open. That's still a par three because they're going to make it in three throws most of the time. Hmm. But they'll look at it and say, this is ridiculous. This is a par four. Why? Cause you can't birdie it. Like our, our definition of par is so our own. No, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. So, well, there you go. So, I don't know. Whatever. We're as far our, as we're like, our own little universe. Yeah, the debate on, on, on your local forums, uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, to answer your question, I have no idea. Yeah, but we just we just talked about it for a long time. Yeah. So, huh. I, uh, oh, sorry. I'll announce this. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Chris has got it. Before that, though, I just, yeah. real quick, a uh, little tangent. Um you just had one, so I'm going to go on one. Yeah, do it. Forums, disco forums. Um, somebody posted something about, like, on our local disc golf group, and I was going to respond as a joke. Like, I, not not to shoot it down, but just to make a joke. What it was is there's only one FPO uh, registered for a tournament, and mm-hmm. somebody said, like, hey, let's get some more people to play. And I was going to post something along the lines of, can I register FPO? Cause then I might actually make the podium. Um, cause there's only one person. Cause there's only one person. <laughs> and the obvious thing in there should be like, she's going to win. Cause it, she's very good. Mm-hmm. This, this individual is Marla Tuttle. She's a very good golfer. Mm-hmm. She, she, she will, I, I don't know that I will ever beat her like straight up and play. Uh, it's possible. Maybe, but she's, no, it's possible that you don't. Oh yeah. 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 No, she's, <laughs> she's very good. Uh-huh. Um, she with latitude. No. Okay. Okay, anyway, she's she's one of our stronger female players mm-hmm. locally here, for sure. Top five easy. Yeah, um, definitely. <clears throat> and so 
there's no way that I was going to take first, but I might take third if it's the two of us. You know, that's my joke. <laughs> and I didn't post because the, the comments get so vitriolic so fast that I just thought, well, is this even worth it? Like it's not, and I realized, no, it's not worth it. And maybe that's something that we can address as a disc golf community is just be a little less douchey. Maybe the, I don't think that's our listeners probably, but like, you know, it's fun and it's, it's a game Yep. and it's, it's supposed to be fun and, uh, grow the sport is a good thing. And, and you don't grow the sport by, by being a douchebag to, to, to people on a forum or that's in any other place. So that happens. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I had the more, you know, chimes, but that's all. <laughs> don't be a douche. Okay. Drum roll. We have our winner. Our announced. winner is Garrett Colwell. Garrett Colwell. So Garrett, if you are listening, send us a message on Instagram. Is that his uh, at name or whatever? Does his he have a Instagram th- tag is GH Colwell. GH Colwell. Okay, perfect. So Garrett um, Colwell. Hit us up on Instagram or... Do you know this dude? I do not. Okay. I don't think so. At least... Yeah. I don't know. He likes disc golf and he likes his kids. It looks like. Sounds like a good guy. Yeah. Um, But yeah, shoot us a message, Instagram or proamdiscgolf at gmail.com. Actually, just just reply on Instagram with your address and we'll get the stuff sent out to you. Yeah. For for Garrett. Direct direct message. Yeah. Direct message to Chris or to to our Instagram account. Yep. Um, Yeah. Or you can email. Whatever. Either one's fine. But yeah. But get back to us and uh, we'll get that sent out to you. Uh, If you are a local... um, and you want to just pick it up for me, uh, that's fine too. We'll go play. I'll, I'll hand it to you from the truck of my car. I'm so excited to get the stuff out of the truck of my car. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations, so, Garrett. Yeah, and you've got uh, a decent pile of swag. So good guess there. And thank you for, you know, giving me, guessing a decent score for me. <laughs> so All the credit. All right. Uh, anything else? Uh, no. I'll, I'll be gone next week. Yes. Chris, be, where are you going? I will be in Nantucket for uh, a little cute wedding of a disc mm-hmm. golf couple you may have heard of. The whale pants pair, Aww. Tina and Eric. I'm so excited. That is really fun. Yeah. That's and I, really I will exciting. be playing the Nantucket Open as well while I'm there. Yeah. There once was a man from Nantucket. I don't know if that's actually what the tournament's called, but I'm playing it and it's going to be a blast. It's a really pretty course. So I'll report back when I get back. But. Congratulations, Eric and Tina. Yeah, it's a beautiful part of the country. I've never been to Nantucket, but I've been near enough to there that it's I think their wedding is this Saturday when you're hearing this. So congratulations. We'll be in order, and I look forward to it. (coughs) Yeah, that's really exciting. It should be a good time. Yeah, and so Chris will come back. Uh, So we will take a week off, and then, yeah, right? I think so. Yes. Yeah, so we'll be off a week, and then we'll be back, and uh, we'll get a recap. Yep of that so perfect yeah until next time keep throwing plastic cheers cheers